Well, welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, where we help those who sell for a living by encouraging and equipping them with great little tidbits and information that uh, hopefully makes what can be a very difficult profession a little more uh, tolerable on some days. And whether you're celebrating a great week or commiserating with us on a bad week, we hope you take something away from each and every episode. Today, we delve in with Tab Norris, who is our uh, chief cook and bottle washer when it comes to coaching. And uh, you'll notice and remember a few weeks ago, we talked to Mark Lampson about coaching. And today we dive into, uh, because of March Madness, a really significant uh, time of the sports year, we talk about four coaches in the NCAA that have really unique skills for getting the most out of their teams. Uh, we talk about Gene Oriema and his, uh, his focus on accountability. We talk with about Dean Smith and making sure we have time to coach. We delve into Mike Krzyzewski and ability to connect with each and every individual player. And we talk about John Calipari as a servant leader, one that took a look at what uh, his players were looking for and built a program around it. So take a listen. Hopefully you pull some good nuggets out of it and we'll see you on the other side. And welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan. Today I'm joined by Tab Norris, another one of our founders. We have a couple of those wandering around the halls of Aslan corporate headquarters. And uh, today we're going to talk about coaching. We've kind of had a couple podcasts in the past about coaching, but given that it's March Madness season, yes. felt like it was a perfect time to sort of break out some of our old blogs around coaching, but Tab, you're you're staring at that can, and I know you want to get into the important part yeah. of the program, so why don't you tell us what you got there? Yes, I got a Savannah Brown Ale from Coastal Empire Beer Company, and nice. I, you may not know this, but I'm a Savannian. Oh. Born and raised, not yep. born, I was raised in Savannah. Okay, so, uh, yeah. Savannah always holds a very special place in my heart. Excellent. So, um, uh, so, and I'm always a big fan of brown ale. So that's what I got going here. You got that going. I'm going to do something a little bit different. I have, I'm going to, this is a long title, the Burnt Hickory Brewery. And I'm going to have the Big Shanty, which is a graham cracker stout. <laughs> I feel like dessert has come early for the kid here. And I'm going to, oh. I'm going to pour the, oh my gosh, look at the look chocolate. At that is that's seriously brown. That's, that's a little, it's got little floaters in there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to have it. There so, you, you know, I'm committed. Well, I'm, it's I'm open. Cracked open my brown ale. Cheers. My oh, friend. I almost oh, broke the table. Oh, there we cheers. go. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's delightful. Oh, man. It's like yeah. a Newcastle. This is like I, dessert. Yeah. Mm. Mine's not, but it's very good. Mm. Mm. Okay. I can't I speak because that's. Try that. Yeah, no, really. Run out and try this. Uh, Burnt Hickory Brewery. Very tasty. Awesome. Well, good. So, yeah, as I mentioned, like here we are in the, in the heart of uh, March Madness. And I think there's a lot of parallels between coaching these college, you know, basketball teams and coaching sales reps for a living. And so what I thought we'd do is, is sort of get into, um, as a table setter, a few of these coaching blogs we've written. Uh, and you can find those on our website. Um, but, for example, we've we've got... A blog by uh, Gene Oriema, who many people know is is probably, I think he's the most successful women's basketball coach. He won, I think, 11 national championships. Uh, and he really speaks about 
um, accountability and high expectations. And so why don't we start with that one? Let's let's get into, you know, the the parallels of high expectations of a basketball player versus, you know, setting high expectations for a sales rep. No, that's really good. And um, the there are a lot of great parallels and. You know, because same thing as a sales leader, I I, I want to I need to have high expectations for my team. You know, yeah. They are, are, I want to make them great. My success is dependent on their greatness, so I have super high expectations. But we also I love the fact that he's all about accountability, hardcore accountability. And they say he's he can be tough. Yeah. Very tough to play for. He holds people accountable. Yeah. You know that tough love, very important. Um. So something that I pulled out of that is in order to hold people accountable. You may want to hold people accountable. You may have the desire to hold people accountable as right. a sales leader, but if, if it's not simple, sales leaders won't do it. Yeah. You know, it's, if it's just, if it's overwhelming, I mean, sales leaders have a lot of things going on. They got a lot on their plate. And if they're having to, you think about all the different behaviors around being successful in sales, there may be 50 plus different specific behaviors. Sure. And if you're trying to pick everything apart and tell people do this and don't do that or go here and don't do that. Um, it just gets overwhelming. Yeah. So what what we found is it needs to be competency based. So simplify it. Yeah. Down. And there, you know, in sales, they're really anywhere based on how complex, anywhere from five to eight core competencies that we've defined um, that are necessary to be successful in sales. So that's what you know. That's what we feel like is really critical. Yeah. yeah. Make it simple. Here you go, sales leaders. Don't yeah. get overwhelmed. Just here are the core competencies that you're going to coach to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we had Mark Lampson, you know, um, our president. We were talking about, you, A, you can't coach everyone. And I think we'll talk about timing and, and time to coach in a second. But you also talked about, like, you can't give a sales rep 15 things to go do, mm-hmm. right? If you and I are coaching and, and you leave every week and you go, yeah, I, I took your list and I felt like I was the worst sales rep ever and I went and tried to fix 15 things. That's just never going to happen, right? Yeah. So you've got to get what are the core couple things? And then to your point, hold them accountable. When you come back together, what did you do on this behavior that we talked about? Right. right. Well, it's one of the, I've been doing coaching now for 25 years. And yeah. It's my passion. And uh, I still coach. I make sure even to this day, I coach at least once a month. I continue to coach. So it keeps me in the game. One of the biggest gaps that I watch when I watch coaches is the fire hose approach. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's just, Oh no, there are all these things that are broken. Yeah. Here it goes. Yeah. You know, so so you're exactly right. So we've got to simplify that. Yeah. And we've got to make it easy. And so, I mean, it's kind of like you think about an easy analogy is is golf. Okay. You think about golf. Yeah. What are the phone I'm gonna quiz you here? Okay. What are the what are the I'm not very good at golf, so this is gonna <laughs> be either. interesting. Yeah, all right. Perfect. <laughs> but what, what are do you know what the four competencies are to be for golf, like if you're going to be, for, be successful and good at golf, they measure four competencies. You'd have to be good at putting. Putting. Yeah. Um, probably chipping. Yes. Um, long game, like a your, your Irons. woods. Iron. Irons. Okay. And then, uh, what's the fourth? You, you said know. the woods. Woods. Which is very fitting. Yeah. Because my drives usually are in the woods. Yeah. So exactly <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. But they're outcome driven. Okay. Right? Yes. So, you know, driving, if you if the ball lands more than 200 and whatever, yeah. 80 yards out yeah. in the fairway, you're a good driver. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, And that's how they score it. It's outcome driven. How often do you put it in the fairway? Long irons? Yeah. How, you know, greens in regulation. How yeah. many greens do you hit in regulation? Yeah. It's not fuzzy. No. You either hit the greens or you don't. Yeah. Think about ch- uh, chipping, up and down. Yeah. How often do you get up and down? Yeah. You're off the green, up and down. 
you know, up with a one putt. Yeah. Putting, it's putts made, one putts within, I think it's 12 feet, 10 feet or 12 yeah. feet. It's yeah. One of those two. Or number of putts per, per hole you well, can track that, right? How, you know, yes. But the way I think they rate it is how many putts, I mean, it's putts made within, 12 within a diameter. Okay. Within a, yeah. Within so bottom line is, if you're a good driver, so think about Jim Furyk. I'm a, I'm, yeah. I'm a big Jim Furyk fan. Have yeah. you ever seen his swing? No. It's a disaster. He swings backwards and sideways and all around, and it looks crazy. And I wish we had video of that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Google Jim Furyk swing okay. if you're all interested. Right. And uh, if you want, if you tried it, it, but he's one of the best drivers on tour. So do you really care if yeah. he does it all wrong? Yeah. Because anybody would say his swing, he's not. He's going to make no money on the tour. He won't even make the tour. He won't make his high school team. Yeah. But he puts it in the fairway a long way, time and time again. So what you do is if you when you observe that outcome, yeah. you go, Jim, check. Yeah. We're not going to work on yeah. your swing. No, we're not changing your mechanics. Your drive is good to go. Well, the same thing in sales. Right. We got to go, what are the outcomes? And if you have the outcome, I don't care about the specific baby. Yeah. Now, if you don't, like, yeah. if, like if I'm watching your swing yeah. and your drive and yeah. I watch it go into the woods, I'm yeah. going to go, oh, okay, let's double click. Yeah. And let's break down the behaviors yeah. that impact that. And then we'll pick one yeah. and we'll work on it. Yeah. So yeah. Does that make sense? I heard someone say this at one of my, my previous jobs that, that, People respect what you inspect. Mm -hmm. So if you're inspecting certain behaviors, they will work on them, right? Yeah. Because people want to improve, especially if they're not, you know, getting the results that you're expecting of them and they're expecting of themselves. So that's a, that's a really good one. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, so high expectations, um, you know, uh, all part of that accountability that, that uh, we can learn lessons from Coach Oriyama. And you know, can I just let me wrap this up? Yeah, please. Maybe be helpful. I mean, you think about just to give them an example in the sales world, what those competencies would mm -hmm. be. Would that be helpful? Very helpful. Sure. I mean, you kind of go, you know, have to have the foundation in place, but then you got to engage. The, uh, the the customer agrees to a discovery meeting. Yeah. Right. Simple. Yeah. They either do that or they don't. Yeah. Discover the customer reveals stated and unstated needs. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's it. They either do that or they don't. Right. Bill value, the customer embraces the appropriate recommendation. Yep. And then advance is the customer agrees to the next best step. Yeah. See, that's not complicated. No. I think sales, you can hold people accountable to that. Yeah. That's doable. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't have to make it super complex, yeah, right? Just, just simple. The accountability in a simple checklist, right? Exactly. So, Very good. Okay. So I mentioned earlier, um, you know, and I, and I think Mr. Uh, Lampson a couple of weeks ago brought this up about you, you just don't have time to coach everybody. Mm -hmm. And, and coach Dean Smith in, in a, in a blog we have on our website, we talk about, you know, should you coach everybody? What if Dean Smith didn't have time to coach, right? Kind of like sales leaders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so this is a great one. Like, you know, I think a lot of leaders out there and really, you know, we, we pride ourselves on sort of being marriage counselors between sales reps and sales leaders, giving them both some things to think about. Right. right. And if you think about it that way, you know, should you coach everybody? Um, what, what types of folks do you want to coach? And I know you have lots of opinions and, yeah. and in the way you think about, uh, how to, how to approach this, you know, delicate subject. Yeah, no, it's really good. And we, every time we, when we stand before a group of sales leaders, you know, one of the, we'll always, we'll always ask, what are, what is the, what are the greatest challenges you have to coach? Cause to your point, like Dean Smith, everybody wants to coach. Yeah. Everybody's like, I want to, that's where I, you know, I get great yeah. results. I get, I'm, I mean, my, my results are driven by this. And I always, so what's the, and like always number one time. 
I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. And they're right. I mean, they're challenged and that's a big deal. So, um, and you shouldn't coach everybody. I know that sounds a little bit counterintuitive. Right. But you think about it, who usually gets tons of coaching time. Yeah. People that are not good. Yeah. Like they're not getting yeah. their number. Right. And they're just not making it, you know? And so a lot of times we can waste a lot of time coaching somebody that doesn't have desire because see, desire drives development. Yeah. If the desire is not there, then you're wasting your time coaching somebody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I always, it's, it's like, I always think like, I'll never forget. I'm not going to tell that story. That's for another day. <laughs> but bottom line is we, you have to spend your time coaching where you get the best return on investment. Yep. And so what we, we created a little strategic coaching grid, yeah. which I think is a great way to think about this. And on one side, you know, you know, you kind of have a, the quadrants, four quadrants. Yeah. And on the left side is results. Yeah. And on the bottom is desire, yep. right? So you have some people on your team that have high results and results are defined by quota. Yeah. You know, are right. you above quota? You're above quota. You're in the top left. You are um, an independent. Yeah. I don't really have desire. I, I don't want to be coached, but guess what? I'm killing it. Yeah. I'm at 130% of quota. So yeah. get away from me. Get out of my face. Yeah. You don't need me that much. And I need, uh, well, you need me to hit my quota, right? <laughs> exactly. But I don't yeah. need you, yeah. my yeah. friend. Yeah. So we call those independents. Okay. And then you go, you have other people that have high des- have uh have high high results yeah but they also have high desire yeah and right so they're killing it yeah but they're always like make me make better. me better i want to be the best you know, um i want to be the best yeah. and so we call those people achievers right and so they they have the desire then down the left quadrant you have people that have low results yeah and low desire yeah so these are the people not cutting it yeah but they don't really want to get better they're detractors right and, and that's, those are the people that a lot of sales, you could spin a lot, lot of cycles lot and of, just not, I get it. you're like, you're everybody saying, get that guy. He's got to get better. He's got to get better. And if he doesn't have the desire, yeah. guess what? You can't help him. Move on. All right. You lead, you manage. Yeah. And, and then over here, you have strivers who have great desire yeah. and they don't have the results that you're going to get your best return on investment by coaching the people that have high desire. Yeah. So your achievers yeah. and your strivers get the coaching time. Yeah. You just lead and manage. Yeah. Your independence, right? Your tractors. All of a sudden, you just cut in half, probably. Yeah, exactly. So just spend the time where you get the greatest return on investment. That makes a ton of sense, and and that's probably what Coach Smith was was getting at. I mean, didn't have time to coach everybody, but coach the ones that need it and really care about it and want it. Desire is there. Yeah. Um, Another one of our great coaches, Coach K. He, I I love the story, uh, the Duke coach. Yeah. Um, He's one of my other favorites. But in his, he he also talked about, and I, I can't remember all the details of the story. But when, when Michael Jordan played on the oh, yeah. team, oh yeah, and he was there, and Jordan basically came up and said, "Hey, Coach K, coach me up. You know, I yeah. always want to get better. He's yeah. the ultimate yeah. achiever." I'm yeah. like going, "You're like the greatest yeah. basketball player at that of point all time, time. yeah." <laughs> and you want Coach, you know, coach be like, well, "Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, okay. I, but all that's right. it. Yeah. That's what great." Yeah. You know, those folks, that's a great return on investment. Yeah, I, I hear you. Okay, good. So so we've covered, you know, Coach Oriema and accountability and, and high expectations. We've talked about time. And, and and you sort of touched on this a lot in the desire piece. But And you brought up Coach K. We've got a great blog. Mm-hmm. Coach K really does a great job of, um, of managing his team individually. Because not everybody has the same goals, do they? Like each person's unique in what Mm -hmm. success means to them in Mm -hmm. some ways, right? Yep. Yep. 
And if you're gonna, and that's a great segue. Yeah. Because if if you don't have the desire, you know, I, I know, you know, we've talked about if you want results as a sales leader, you're trying to get results, right? That's what you're, you know, you're not just doing it for, you know, kicks and giggles. Yeah. Um, and if you don't get the results, there's really three dials you can turn. Yep. Desire, productivity, and competency. Yeah. And we talked about that. Desire is are they intrinsically motivated to go do this yeah. productivity? They have the reps. And yeah. then of course, competency is what we've already talked about. You yeah. know, what the skills, the talent, the knowledge necessary to be successful. But if you don't have desire, throw the rest of it out the window. Yeah. If, if, and, and, and so what we have to do is the problem is, and this is what I think coach K did such a great job of is he, and you know, Calipari too. I know. Yeah. In his, yeah. We got, we got a new blog coming out on him. Yeah. Him. Yeah. I know yeah. he, in his book, he talked about this as well. You got to figure out what these kids want. Yeah. What is their desire? What are they? Where do they want to go? What's their personal What's win? Right. Their personal win, and we build around that. And same thing is true. If we want to, if we want to kind of deal with desire, and we want to make sure people are intrinsically motivated, guess what we have to do. We have to understand their personal goals. Yeah. Yeah. And guess what? Most sales leaders are great with corporate goals, aren't we? Yeah. Hey guys, we got to hit our number. Yeah. We got a corporate goal. We got to make and, and some people, yeah, all about it. Rally around it. Yeah. They're like, "Woo! I love my company. I love it. Let's go." And then yeah. others, yeah, that's not what their deal is. You got to tap into their personal goal. And for some, it's all it's all over the place what these personal goals can be. Well, and it's interesting you bring this up because you know with the with the Coach Calipari blog coming out soon, it's fresh on my mind. Um, you know, he was faced with a situation where you know the University of Kentucky hired him to come in and he's, he's got to, uh, you know, adhere to their standards in theory, right? They have yeah. graduation standards like every school does. Right. Yeah. But yet there was a trend where all these high school kids want to go right to the NBA. So what he did was he had conversations with these high school kids and said, what are you trying to get out of college? Well, yeah. it may not be what the university of Kentucky wanted them to get out. They didn't care about graduating. <laughs> they cared about getting to the NBA. So he, you know, in an unselfish way, right? I say that somewhat tongue in cheek because he benefits <laughs> from this, right? He's got a few final fours and a national championship because of it, but he read the tea leaves pretty well, didn't he? He, he said, look, university of Kentucky is going to have to change their ways. If they want these kids to come here, graduation rate can't be the key metric anymore. Yeah. If it ever was, I don't, I don't know that for a fact, but let's assume it was that there were rules that corporate had, the corporate goal was graduation rate, <laughs> right. but what the students wanted was to come for a year, win some basketball games, hone their craft, and then go on to the NBA. And Calipari provided that avenue for them, right? So that's, that's, a, that's a way that he became sort of a servant leader for those, those kids, right? And I know Coach, Coach, uh, 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 Coach K at Duke has a little bit of a hybrid of that, that mm -hmm. same scenario. He's got a very, very high academic standard that he's got to uphold, but he's got a kid that's going to, you know, do, be a one and done there. So they're all figuring out what's important to their players. And I think as sales leaders, we've got to think about it that way, don't we? You totally do, because I think this is why sales leaders get frustrated. They're trying to coach people that don't have desire and they're banging their head against the wall going, but wait a minute, do it, do it. And they're yeah. kind of going, it's not. people only do it they perceive to be in their best interest. Yeah. So that's just truth. So what happens is we've got to figure out the personal goals of these people so that you have leverage. So that when we get together and coach, it's not about you helping me get to my goals. It's yeah. about 
our coaching is about you reaching your your goals and your potential. Yeah. And sometimes that's really easy. Yeah. And sometimes it's really hard. Right. Some of these sales reps don't have goals. They're clueless. Yeah. They're good. They're successful. I got. Can I tell you a story about this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this friend of mine. I won't name any names. One of my close friends. Okay. Very close friends. Long old time friend. Um, first job out of college. Very successful sales guy in the mortgage business, and he was killing it. I mean, just crushing all of his peers. And he's, you know, he's 22 years old. He works maybe, he says 70% of the time, which means probably 40% of the time, 50% of the yeah. time, crushing his goals, yeah. quota, playing golf every week. And his manager's going nuts, going, you don't work very hard. You could make so much more money. And he's going, why? I yeah. More, I got enough Making money. more money than I need right now. Exactly. I'm 22. Yeah. Yeah. And so they always, they hire this new guy, young buck, that's going to come in yeah. and tear it up. Well, he works all the time. He's running circles around around my buddy and, and, yeah. and, and crushing it. And he, the sales manager's going, hey, be like him. <laughs> why can't you, be, why more can't like you be like him? Why don't you work as hard as he does? They're like, why would I do that? Yeah. Well, so the sales manager finally gets to the point that he says, I got to ask this guy what's going on. Because he's, you know, he's not doing anything. He said, why do you work so hard? I don't even have to ever say anything. Right. The guy goes, because I'm going to be the president of this company someday, and we're going to be the top mortgage lender in the state of Georgia. Yeah. Well, guess what? He was intrinsically motivated. Yeah. He had the desire because he had, you didn't have to coach him because he had, well, guess what? My buddy, he didn't know where in the heck he was going. He's 22, having yeah. fun. He didn't have any goals. So the only way that sales leader could have had leverage with my buddy is to say, hey, bud, what are your goals? What do you want to do in the next five years? And he would have gone, I don't know. Well, let's tap into that and figure it out. Yeah. See, because then he could actually have a plan to coach him so that he's he has a reason that's in his best interest to improve his skills. And it's just a win for everybody. But sales leaders got to get this. It's such a it's such a good lesson. And I, as you think about it, there's there's really no shortcuts for that, right? Because nope. that's that's you and me getting to know each other, having a real conversation, caring about one another and saying, you know, I want to understand what's going to make you happy, what's going to get you to your goals. And I think if I do that right as your coach, you're going to you're going to help me achieve our corporate goals. Right. You got to sort of reverse the script. You got to flip it. Right. That's it. And I am amazed, Scott, how just in I spent a lot of time with sales leaders and I'm amazed when I bring this up, how often they're like, that's a great point. You know, yeah. I've never done. Yeah. I've ne- I mean, I'd say half the half of the group, every time I have a group, half of them are like, you know what? Yeah. I really don't do that. Yeah. You know, I get so focused on the corporate drive and I just assume people are driven by money and driven by this and driven by yeah. that. Not always, so. Yeah. Oh, gosh. One of our customers uh, we were presenting at and someone said, why would you ever assume when you can know? And I just love that line, right? You assume money motivates all salespeople. And and it probably does motivate a lot of people, but it's usually not the only thing, right? It may not be the number one. See, like my buddy, that was, he had enough money. Yeah. But the guy's going, but you don't get it. You could even make more money. Yeah. And you could be more successful. Yeah. But if it's just money. Yeah. And if he had said it's just money, that would have meant, but my buddy, he had a lot of other plans and he's you know, still mad at that guy, that sales leader that didn't tap into his Right, right, right. Well, this has been so much fun. This is just a great topic. So topical with with March Madness going on right now. I hope everybody has enjoyed, uh, you know, sort of getting to know some of our our coaches and some of the blogs that uh, you can find on aslantraining.com. So uh, thank you, Tab, for joining for another week of Ales with Aslan. The beer was great. The conversation better. And uh, 
Join us again next week for another episode of Ales with Aslan. Thank you. Well, that was an awful lot of fun, spending some time with Tab, having a having an ale with him, and uh, really talking about coaching, something Tab's very passionate about and, and been doing for his entire adult life, and hopefully some great stories that you took away, but really a good focus on Gene Oriyama, the, the renowned coach from the University of Connecticut that has, I believe it's 11 national championships, obviously built a great program around accountability and holding people to that. And, and we as sales coaches need to do that with our reps and pick the right things to, to measure and, and hold our reps accountable. Uh, and, you know, our reps need to know what it is the sales leadership is, is looking for, right? Uh, and then we've got uh, John Calipari, a servant leader that that took on the establishment, uh, you know, a university that prides itself on graduation rates really was having trouble competing when it comes to the new frontier where people want to go right from uh, high school to the NBA. And, uh, and John took a hard look at that and built a program that uh, allowed those people to have a place. And so that was an interesting uh, player-focused or, or employee-focused approach. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski building those relationships on a one-to-one basis at, the, at Duke University. And then finally, uh, Dean Smith, really, do I have time to coach as a sales manager? And, and, and the point is you must, and you've just got to pick the right people to coach, whether it's the, the high-desire person that is putting up great numbers or that high-desire person that may not be, uh, but taking the people that just don't have the desire to be coached and take them out of the equation. So another great episode of Ales with Aslan. Let us know what you think. Send me an email or a voicemail, and we'll put it on the show. We look forward to seeing you at another week with Ales with Aslan.